bottom of hour two here on the block. Please go to the Honda of Lincoln Hotline right now. Welcome in Brian Munson of Husker Online and on three. Uh, Brian, how's your uh, your bracket looking? You know, two rounds in so far. You know, well, uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, I did probably about, I want to say, 10 of them. Ooh, respect. Um, well, so I, I did a couple, like, just real quick ones, just like, hey, one had Providence winning, the other one had, like, uh, West Virginia, which was out in the first round, which was hilarious because it was, like, in the bottom 1% for, like, I, I, I think I had won one game, I think it was by, like, Friday night, I think it was Friday night uh, at nine o'clock when I was like turning everything off, just like I'm done for the day. I had only one Furman. That was it. Every, everything else was a loss. And it was just a quick pick. Like, just like, Hey, give me something. And I kind of laughed like, yeah, sure. Mountaineers could win it all. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like, um, I, I do have one that's doing reasonably well. So it's, it's one, in, it's one I just pitted against my family. We kind of did mm-hmm. a family one internally. I want to say it's on like, you know, like the ESPN app or whatever the heck it was. Um, and I want to say it was like in the 97th percentile. Ooh. And um, I need to go back through and double check it today to see how kind of how everything kind of shook out last night. But it was looking pretty good last night. You talked me into Bob Huggins needing next year's national championship just for fun. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> Oh, uh, what would be, it would be hilarious, man. I mean, that was, uh, it was awesome. But I mean, I, look, uh, tip of the cap to, to Creighton. I mean, I think we need to start that, start off with that because I really thought Baylor matched up better with those guys and Creighton shot the ball so incredibly well last night. Um, it's, it, it's really fun to kind of ride one of those great nights against a team where you thought you might be up against it a little bit and you go out there and have that success. But of course, you can't plan on having that kind of success every single night. You can't shoot the ball like that every single night. It just isn't going to happen. So it's it's going to be fun to see how that team has to kind of change its identity to kind of continue to be successful. Um, and I'll tell you what, there were some there were some scares for some for some really good teams. Mm-hmm. I, I thought U of H struggled obviously first half. They they came back around and, and did a good job. Texas didn't really do all that great either through the first half or so, and 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 they looked they looked good though at the end. Um, yeah, there's, there's some other ones, but there was, I, I really, I thought, I thought, I can't remember what his, what his name is now. The dude from Houston was super impressive. Uh, Walker. What what was his name? Jerace Walker. Oh my gosh. Oh, so much fun to watch. And then I really think Princeton is going to be a tough out. Those dudes are longer and people give them credit for that's not like the old Princeton of the nineties kind of triangle offense kind of thing, just kind of, you know, doing, doing, doing screens and setting people up and, and taking 25 seconds off the clock, every possession, those dudes are long and, and uh, it's a fun team to watch. It really was. It, for sure. And Princeton, great story. I, I don't want to let people forget that Creighton was in the same region as UMBC when the Retrievers beat Virginia, and Creighton lost mm-hmm. to K-State in the first round, or they would have had a chance to to beat UMBC and go on. So again, the opportunity yeah. is there for Creighton. But Brian, we have you on to talk about uh, Creighton fans' favorite football team down in Lincoln, uh, hosting a big junior day this weekend. We'll get to that in a second, um, but one week ago, Daniel Kalen commits to Missouri, what should Husker fans make of that commitment and what it means about uh, this staff and how they go about recruiting the state? Well, 
I mean, Kalen was going to do what he was going to do. I mean, he's he's not waiting around to see what Dylan Rayola is going to do. Um, he's always been kind of on a timeline. He accelerated it somewhat, so I'm I'm thinking Missouri kind of needed an answer to kind of figure out, you know, how that class was going to kind of take some shape. And I think that they obviously wanted to kind of use him as a as a driver to get other players to kind of take a look at Missouri. Um, and I think it's it's got to be tough. I mean, it, it I have no way of, of really relating to this. And, and um, when when it comes down to being like an in-state kid like that, and obviously the the, in, the home state school has got their eye on somebody else, and they still like you, but they just don't like you as much as that other guy. That's got to be tough. And 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 it's at least maybe not. Maybe maybe and maybe tough is the wrong word. Maybe it's a maybe it's illuminating. Maybe it's maybe it's something else like you know that gives you that clarity about about the way and how things are going to have to be. I mean, um, I, I I don't think Daniel Kalen should play second fiddle to anybody. And and I and I I I know that he's a he's a big strong guy. I've seen him you know looked him straight in the eye. He's a he's a full six three kind of guy. He can make all the throws. Um, he had great offers. He's a really intelligent kid, which obviously you need at that spot too. Um, and I think he just made the determination like, look, Nebraska is not in my path. I'm going to go figure out what else is going to happen. And he made the right decision for himself. So, so good for him. Going to go, going to go root him on. Obviously it just, I, I think for Nebraska fans in general, it gets a little difficult, particularly seeing home state quarterbacks, you know, leaving the state. And and I I just think like sometimes there's a a bigger picture and last year there there really wasn't a picture too much until Rule came to town and and obviously that was one of those things that was just you know too little too late so good on Daniel and I think Nebraska fans should get focused because they've got the number one guy you know coming to town on Friday. Well, and Brian, not to not to dwell on on Danny Kalen or anything like that, but I mean we're mm-hmm. sitting here and now. That's two years in a row. Nebraska lost yeah. out on Zane Flores and didn't really give him a whole lot of attention. And now uh, a new staff comes in and gives Dan- Daniel Kalen a little bit of attention. But it was always kind of weird because, like, from the outside looking in, we sat here going, yeah, listen, like, they got to figure out a way to make both of these guys feel like a priority in a way. But when yeah. everybody knows, hey, the one number one overall recruit doesn't grow on trees when they're interested in a, in a program like Nebraska at this at this junction of the program. I mean, so yeah. it, it was kind of bound to happen. No, no I, I totally agree with you. I mean, how difficult – I mean, it's a real slippery slope on either side, right? I mean – Yeah, especially for the staff, yeah. You, as, as an institution, as an institution, you, you, you have – well, I want to call it an obligation too, It's, it's but it, it sort of is to – to recruit the best players in the state of Nebraska, but all of a sudden you have that number one player in the nation that you're obviously are going to have interest in. You don't know if you have much of a chance in it. Typically for Nebraska, you know, you don't have much of a chance, you know, year in and year out, but this year you do. And um, that happens to be the same position, you know, of a guy that you have in state that you could take, you know, if, if, if things would wait around and, and run its natural, its natural course. But uh, Daniel took power into his own hands and decided to go ahead and get out. So I, I think I think it's a little less palatable last year. Yo, um, I agree. I think I think the the Flores one was 
completely and totally botched. <laughs> and you, you essentially had, um, you know, the staff uh, under Mickey Joseph and the staff under, under, under Matt rule, both reach out to Flores, you know, probably starting in that October, September mm-hmm. timeframe. And I was thinking like in November, December, and it was just too little too late. But I mean, we all saw that dude. We saw that dude in the class a championship. We, we saw him all season long and, and, um, he just never got any love, and it was just it was so difficult. And then obviously with the, with the the Bubba Watson's uh, commitment and how I mean the, between Flores and and the three other guys, basically you know from around the Kineholes and Cole and 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 is it Dylan Edwards? Was that the was that the kid from yeah. Kansas mm-hmm. to Kansas State? Yeah, you had you had four guys. You had four guys in a in a in a in basically your backyard in your 500 mile radius. And you offered three. You didn't offer Kineholes. Kineholes goes to Ohio State, flips from UW to Ohio State, and uh, you're you're settling for a guy out in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying settling in a bad way. I'm just saying you, you it kind of flies in the face with with whatever else Nebraska is about, and that's typically about home state kids working out backyard, you know, and and then go out there and cherry pick in the country. So Nebraska's still in the running then for the other guy in, in Dylan Rayola. I still wouldn't mm. call him a favorite, um, given that he's been to Athens a lot of times, given that Georgia has that success in sweet new all-white all uniforms. Uh, Nick and I saw on Twitter today, mm-hmm. USC with Lincoln Riley uh, and everything he's done with quarterbacks. I think all three of those schools can you know, feel good about what they're offering Dylan Rayola, what they would mean to him and what he could do for them. But Brian, missing out on Daniel Kalen, missing out on Zane Flores, putting all your eggs in this basket, if Nebraska doesn't get Dylan Rayola, I think it would hurt Nebraska worse than it would hurt Georgia or USC if they didn't get him. Oh, that's 100% because you had no 2023 quarterback. You brought in Sims as a transfer. I mean, and you heard you heard Rule at least mention today that it was one, you know, one of, if not the most talented quarterback room he's ever been part of or ever seen, so... Um, that's, that's one thing, but I mean, you had no 2023 quarterback in the class. There, 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 there is no guy there. You, you really put yourself at a, at a disadvantage now kind of moving forward from this point because your in-state guy is gone. Your number one guy would be gone. I mean, and if, if potentially if, if, uh, Rayola decided not to come off the board until July, which is looking a little bit more like what potentially could happen, you're now missing that big summer month of, of official visitors, and, and you'd see a lot of those guys, the quarterbacks, commit probably before the month of June even happens, but the rest of the guys probably want to get off the board by 4th of July or the weekend after, you know, to kind of mm-hmm. keep their, you know, the, the, the game of musical chairs. It's got just, there's, there's a handful of quarterbacks that when they decide where they're going to go, it maps out that for the next 15. Like they they will have to find they will have to find a spot, but that's really what that's really what things are kind of waiting up on. There, there's guys that are on on somebody else's board. They're not the A option. They're the C option. They know exactly where they're at, but then they got they've got plenty of other options behind that. But they'll have to go ahead and decide the week after, and they they're going to take those visits in June. Wait on to see what happens with their option A. And option A goes away. They'll go back and they'll figure out where they want to go in July. So, if Nebraska finds themselves in that boat. I think unless they could talk somebody in, you know, to to taking another visit in, in September, um, you know, they're going to be in a they're going to be in a bad spot for a 2024 quarterback. So 
And that's that's really not taking into consideration the room or anything else, but I think that Nebraska would have to at least like their chances at this point based on that kind of scenario, well, you know, when it comes to Riola, I think they have to feel pretty good at least about the possibility at least. I mean that that's that's gotta be optim that's gotta be optimistic at least to, to the folks out there that are that are really kind of paying attention to it that way. Brian, I hate to I hate to speculate, but now I mean, since you said that they feel like they might have a pretty good feeling about this one, and this can be a quick answer because I want, I do definitely want to get to the junior day stuff um, yeah. coming up this weekend. I mean, is is there a, pot- a potential for like a silent pledge here? It's possible. It certainly is possible. I mean, um, I don't want to sit there and ramble on too much about it too, but I I I think that what you've got there is you've got a guy that may honestly be trying to pull together and figure out who the guys are that he wants yeah. to take with him to Nebraska and and the guys that he was going to meet in Lincoln this weekend and 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 kind of continue to recruit you know on the outside and the peripheral because there's there's a bunch of guys that I talked to that wish they could have come in that would have would have yeah. added even more star power to this weekend. Well, and that's what I was going to ask you in regards to Junior Day on how valuable mm-hmm. and important is it for Nebraska's staff to bring in high-level talent in, of recruits this weekend when Dylan Riola's in town? It's huge because I think what you want to do is you want them to see the bigger picture. You want them to say, hey, the number one guy is right here, and guess what? I can go catch passes with him. I can go block for him. I could go run the football behind him. I could be... I could be part of the class that does sign that number one quarterback, but I'm going to be on the defensive side of the football. Maybe I'm his counterpoint on the other side of the football. Maybe I, maybe if I'm Williams Dwerney and I'm saying, hey, he's the number one player in Georgia, I'm the number one player in Missouri, maybe I go ahead and come down and we could go ahead and, and you know, it's the yin and the yang effect, and you go ahead and go get your offensive guys, I'll get my defensive guys, and we'll put something together. Look, there's a bigger picture that's here, and these guys – all talk to one another, whether it's over you know social media or, or what have you. They're 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 keeping touch with with each other definitely, and they know what's going on with all of their situations. Who are the most important names for Nebraska this Junior Day outside of Dylan Riola? <laughs> yeah, I mean Williams Dwerney is tough to look past. Uh, Brandon Baker is coming in from from Modern Day. That's a guy that we confirmed. Mm-hmm. Last Wednesday in three and out, you know, he's the number one offensive tackle in the country, you know, really looking like it's Oregon and South Carolina. I I love Ryan Wingo. I love Ryan Pelham. Uh, I mean, it's really also, I mean, it's one of those things, too. It's like Carter Nelson, you know, uh, I just got pinged today from the Alabama site because they're all fired up because Carter Nelson's coming on a visit down there to Alabama soon. So, he becomes this this huge national prospect now, you know, when it, when it comes to like and how important he is to the class. You kept hearing about Rule talking about guys are moving into the tight end room because they need tight ends. Um, you know, Sprague and Jacob and Jared Smith. Um, you get a couple of local wide receivers and Davon Hall and Isaiah McMorris. You get you get a speedy running back and Peyton Lewis. Um, it, it's tough to narrow this thing down, but. If you really think about where things were left off last year, outside of Rayola, I think you're looking at defensive line, offensive line, and then I think you're then talking about those skilled position guys. And, you know, you get Nwerni, you get Baker, you get Wingo, Pelham, you get Nathaniel Frazier from modern day as well, and Carter Nelson. But you get like Sprague, you know, coming in. Grant Bricks is coming in. Um, it's, it's huge. I mean, this is – 
this is going to be a, a really fun weekend, and I cannot liken it or compare it to anything else. I mean, mm-hmm. I have been doing this since 99. There's not been another weekend that has Man. ever been like this when it comes to this type of talent going to be in Lincoln at one time. That's where I was going to go next with you, Brian. Is It's hard to overstate the, the magnitude of this day. We know how important you know yeah. Matt Rule's opening press conference was to lay that groundwork, to put that message out there for recruits. We know how important early signing day is now, and the fact that the staff was able to put a class together in that amount of time was impressive. But to me, Brian, as I look at you know the first few months of the Rule tenure and even project out you know a few years, to me there might not be a bigger day in the first three years of the Matt Rule era than this junior day. I totally agree with you. I mean, and and think about this, guys. I mean, he's put this together in four months. That is really like the most amazing thing. He was announced the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Here we are going into the weekend of the 25th of, of, of March, the following year. It's been four months, and this guy has got this this kind of group pulled together that want to come in and see what Nebraska has to offer, see what Matt Rule has got cooking in Lincoln after he's only been there for, well, both signing days and winter conditioning and maybe, what, three practices? I mean, mm-hmm. it is really, really, really telling about about the, the elbow grease, the, the attention to detail, the communication that this staff has, building very, very quick relationships as well with some of these guys. Because these guys, most of them, most of them beyond like your Williams Dwarney and, and Rayola and, and Carter and stuff like that, they're from off the grid. We weren't mm-hmm. talking about them this time last year. We weren't talking about them last fall. This will be their first visit to Lincoln. So that tells me a lot too. Brian, uh, real quickly before we go ahead and let you go, um, Brian Musk, Munson of Husker Online joining us. And I guess when we look at the when – when this weekend is all said and done, are we approaching this time around the spring game that – I mean, we could see some, some verbal pledges coming out here in the next couple weeks? That's tough. you got such a high – highly recruited, highly rated group of of recruits. I think the one thing that you have to understand is it has to be pretty compelling for them right now to to pull the trigger. But what you do is you you set the stage. You set the stage for coming back for that spring game like what you mentioned. Coming back and setting up an early official visit in the month of June. Um, You want to get that stuff done. But I think what you're going to figure out here really, really quick is out of this massive A-list group that you're bringing in, you're going to figure out who the guys that are really realistic and who the guys that are not when it comes to Nebraska. And, and you'll go ahead and then stick, you know, your real recruiters on getting on those guys that are really, real, really real, uh, realistic and then maybe try to repair any type of situations of, that, that you didn't feel like you connected very well or something's wrong over here and figure out if it's salvageable or if you need to go on and find another guy. You, you saw Nebraska just yesterday making 2024 offers in Georgia, you know, when it came to def- it came to, to guys in the defensive backfield. So I, I think Nebraska is has got a pretty good understanding about where they're at at most of these spots. They continue to kind of evaluate their board and figure out what, what else they need. And, and I think that you'll see probably another round of offers potentially after that weekend, maybe at some point in the month of April, whenever they figure out 
we don't really have a shot with this guy or whatever, or they start to try to get some other guys to come in during the spring game. Gotcha. It's Brian Munson, Husker Online. Uh, Brian, I know you're going to be busy covering uh, the junior day this weekend. Uh, we can buy you coffee, whatever it takes to get you back to recap it all on Monday. How does that sound? <laughs> Just put it in my IV, man. I'm going to need it all day <laughs> on Saturday. Trust me. Sounds good. We will uh, see what we can do to hook up with that. Brian Munson, Husker Online. Thanks as always, Brian. Appreciate it. See you guys. Good stuff from Brian Munson again. We'll talk a little bit more about Junior Day as the week goes on. But we got to step aside for now. On the other side, uh, we'll have the crossover. Not sure who's going to be in the building. I know DP's here. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, Jane Kenny roll in as well. We'll do that after this.